0: This is Silent Angels, a podcast that is dedicated to parents who lost their children, and the children we love. I'm your host, Helen Lucas's mom. Joining me today is Abby, Emma Grace's mom. At the time of this recording, Abby lost Emma about five years ago. Since then, Abby started the Denver Chapter of National Share an organization that is dedicated to help parents who lost infants to cope with their grief. Welcome, Abby.
1: Thank you, Helen. It's an honor to be here.
0: Well, it's an honor to have you to speaking to us today. Abby, before we officially start, would you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your beautiful family?
1: I am a blessed mom of four children. I have three of those children in my arms. My children are ages four, two-and-a-half, and I have a seven-month-old baby. We are living on the other side of our loss, how I look at it, and uh, our family is enriched by Emma every day. Overall, we're a pretty normal family. If you saw us on the outside, you would just see us playing outside. We love to get into the mountains, and being together as a family is extremely important to us.
0: How wonderful! Your kids are so young. They probably keep
1: you busy, huh? They keep me extremely busy. I am tired most evenings. (laughs) But it's a good tired. I I will give anything to be that tired.
0: Tell us a little more about your
1: angel, Emma. Well, Emma would be five now. She was born still on February 28, 2013. I was 40 weeks and four days into my pregnancy with her and we had had a normal pregnancy. Um, When I woke up on the morning of February 27th, I knew something was wrong. Uh, We never could have fathomed that she would not be born alive the next day. Thankfully, as time has gone on, we have been able to accept her death. Although I never could have imagined that I'd be able to say those words five years ago, when you say you'd give anything to be that tired Helen, I completely understand that. I remember waking up wishing I was tired. As I look back on that time in my life, I see that there have been many gifts Emma has given us. Uh, I have a newfound appreciation for life. I'm far more aware of suffering and in joy. And I've also come to accept that everyone has a story. There's human struggle all around us. And learning from that is what I feel so grateful for from her.
0: That's such a wonderful point. I like how you mentioned from the surface your family looks like normal. Um, maybe to our grieving parents who don't know you will be jealous to think, Oh, look at her. She has three children. Like you said, everybody has a story. We just don't know. And I learned the same thing from my son passing. I'm more aware about other people's feelings, about other people's suffering. Just like you said, I think I learned from my son. It's very important to be conscientious about others, to be compassionate about others. Don't judge a book by its cover because Everybody has a story we just don't know about. And that is so important.
1: Absolutely. I cherish the moments I had her in my belly. So I have like key moments where I remember her flipping all over the place. And she had hiccups more than any of my other children. So I always think of hiccups with her. But honestly, the memories I have, when you asked me this question, are all when she was in our arms. Emma was born at 6.30 in the morning and we were able to spend the entire day with her. Some of my favorite moments include bathing her, naming her with my husband, introducing her to our parents, watching our families grieve and love up on her. She was never not held. Someone was always cuddling her and holding her. And that evening on the 28th, we also had a beautiful memorial service at the hospital. As we went into the night, I was very fearful that we had to say goodbye to her. But our incredible nurses encouraged us to spend the night with her. And to that, I am thankful to that for this day. The three of us slept as a family, and the next morning on March 1st, we said goodbye to her. We wrapped her in a handmade blanket that the hospital gave us, and we sent her on to be with the angels. It was five years ago, and that still pains me to think of leaving her at the hospital. I cherish the time we spent with her though, and even though some parts still really hurt, I would go back and be with her again in a heartbeat.
0: That's very touching, Abby. And I'm so glad that you have a uh, hospital staff that's, uh, who are very considerate to help you to hold Emma and even let you you know, spend the night with her. Uh, we did not get that. You now when parents are in, gr- in grief process, we are so shocked. Sometimes we do not know what are the things that we want to do at that moment. While well, we have been shocked that we didn't know what's the right thing to do, but there are so many regrets will come later. It will be so helpful for people who are in there and remind us there are different things we can do that to be with our children that will have good memories rather than endless regrets. That is so beautiful. I hope some people working in the medical field will listen and um, help us
1: through that difficult time. An organization called the Wishbone Foundation that helps train nurses, and exactly what you're saying, Helen, because we make the best decisions we can in the moment, which is our greatest nightmare. I feel so thankful to that nurse because I would not have thought that it was okay to sleep with her. Um, and so you're right. The Wishbone Foundation is working to train. Hospital staff and I really think your point is extremely powerful. I will share that with them Thank you and
0: uh, I'm glad that organization like that exists because the hospital we stayed and nobody told us we could uh, Spend a night with Lucas and now I regret I never get a chance to bathe him I never get a chance to change him. My mom made a lot lot of baby clothes for him We didn't get a chance to do that eventually we were able to bury him with the clothes my mom made but I wish at the hospital I had a chance to change it, you know, on my own. You've been in this terrible process for, you know, longer than me. um, What are some of the things you did that's helpful with your own grieving process?
1: When I think back to the beginning, when she died, the things that helped me at that time were journaling. So Every day for several months, I wrote to her, which allowed me to feel like her mother. Some days were dark, but some days were, you know, me trying to find the positive in the day. I made a book with her, pictures from the hospital, which I cherish to this day. I also talked about Emma as much as possible. As you know, Helen, we just wanna hear our children's name. So I found myself, the more I said it, then I would hear other people say it. And that was really reassuring to me. I took a collection of those photos that, for some people, they could never look at them again. But for me, they were all I had of her, and I just, I was kind of obsessed with them. So I just went on Shutterfly, and I made a small little book, and I put quotes in it that I found healing, that I found mothering, Um, and I just wove them throughout the book and it was the day we had with her. So from her birth till we left her is the book. It's been really good for me and I hope one day I'll be able to share it with our children. That's such a great, great idea.
0: Someday when I'm able to, this is something I'd like to do for him as well. As you're going down this path, of uh, grieving what are some of the things other people did or said to you that you found also very helpful with your grieving process
1: i feel like those little acts that i was doing to kind of help me personally make it through the days was helping me feel like her mother and i know i'm i am her mother of course but being a bereaved parent is so difficult because our child isn't physically with us. So those acts helped me parent her. But from there, I sought counseling and I went to therapy weekly. Um, I needed an outlet and I knew that my husband or my friends could fulfill that role for me. Uh, My therapist helped me to see how painful this loss was and how normal I was in my emotions and actions, which was was such a blessing for me to understand that I wasn't atypical in how I was feeling. She's one of the reasons I wanted to start the support group to help others uh, feel less alone. So here we are five years later facilitating Denver Share. That's my way of connecting with her now as a bereaved parent. But when you ask me about things that people said, definitely my therapist's words were extremely helpful. Like I said, acknowledging the pain I was in. But then a doctor, actually, after Emma was born, said three things to us as she was sitting next to us holding Emma. She said, This is not your fault. She said, People will say stupid things. And she said, If possible, go on to have more children in your family. And her message at that moment reminded us of the outside world, reminded us the power of the family that we were going to create, and she acknowledged the guilt she knew we were going to feel following Emma's death, but reminding us that it wasn't our fault that she died.
0: I wish we had a doctor like that. I wish more doctors would be like that you just hit the nail right on the head that's exactly the things we need to hear uh, because the first place I went I'm sure that's the first place you went when you know your child is no longer here is blame yourself you know replay the Every possibility in your head to try to identify what you can do or you should have done differently. You know, I ask myself, how could I be so stupid? You know, did I miss some signs here that I did not know? I should have done this and should have done that. My doctor did not say this to me, but my friend said this to me that you stop blaming yourself because it will eat you alive if you keep blaming yourself. You just confirm that if any grieving parents out there are listening this is a very important message stop blaming yourself it's not helpful you and that's definitely not what your angel wants from you so don't blame yourself and that is so important
1: i was just gonna say when you say it wouldn't be what your angel would want that was what helped me on some of my darkest days was trying to honor emma and remind myself that she wouldn't want me to blame myself. She wouldn't want me to feel guilty. She wouldn't want me to be hurting. And those days, those reminders gave me hope that I would smile again one day. I would go on to have another child. I would one day be able to honor her in the way I wanted to. Maybe not in that raw grief moment, but one day I would be able to.
0: Absolutely, Abby, and you have done so much. I didn't know you started the support group, and you know, support group is where we met. Can you tell me how did you get this group started? And then over the years, what are some changes you noticed from the group?
1: Of course, I really give credit to my therapist who helped me get connected with the National SHARE Pregnancy and Infant Loss Support. And I went to their training and then started our Denver SHARE chapter three years ago. So, I began facilitating with another mom, Leanne. As the years have gone on, I feel so blessed for the families we've gotten to meet, the babies we've gotten to meet. I cherish that we've created a space that's safe and that parents can come in and share all that they're feeling, whether it is uh, anger, to joy, to sorrow that space we've created allows them to do that. And that is not just Leanne and I, that is the community that we have brought together of parents. So I'm super thankful for that. We now have a new facilitator working with me and Amy is incredible and the mother of Gianna. So I'm thankful that our support group is run by parents. We're moms. So when those moms and dads come into our space, We hope that they can feel comforted by the fact that we've been there. And although all grief is different and all losses are different, we can be there to listen. And if anything, provide some sort of uh, comfort in helping them feel less alone.
0: That's so wonderful. And I'm so glad you did uh, start this uh, support group because in my grieving process, I found that the support group that you run is the most help that I have received so far. Just like you said, you know, everybody, including you have been there. Um, So even though every grief is different, but you also understand how we feel i just feel so such a camaraderie i mean even though it's very sad that we meet in that circumstance but at the same time i have learned so much by going to the support group from you from other parents like i mentioned the last group meeting i didn't know about the concept about you know doing things to honor your children until i went to the support group hear you guys talking about it and that's prompted me to thinking what are the things i can do you know to honor lucas and just You know i can't emphasize enough how the wonderful job you know the support group that you run has done for me and you know my husband and i hope any parents who's out there listening if you have not joined a support group yet uh, maybe you should you know check it out and if you are in denver area please check out the denvershare.org you'll find all the meeting information there as well as the time and date Actually, since we still have a little bit of time, Abby, would you like to describe for the first time parents, what can they expect from our a typical support group meeting?
1: Helen, I'm so glad that we've been a place of comfort for you and your husband. And it makes me just smile to see you doing this podcast based on realizing, oh my goodness, I can do something to honor my son. So. Denver Share meets the second Wednesday of every month, and we meet at the Thrive Integrated Center at 6 30 p.m. What you can expect is we always say the hardest thing is to walk through the doors. And once you do, we promise that we will be gentle with the state that you're in. We have had parents that have had to leave. One mother had to leave right at the beginning, and there's no questions, no questions asked. asked. We've completely understand and like you had said Helen we can come from a place of understanding not that we totally know what everybody's going through but we also know how hard it can be to be in that space however what we also promise is that when you leave you will walk out with some sort of tools to help you in your grief something to remember the next day I won't promise that you're gonna feel ten times better but I will promise that you'll feel a sense of community from joining one of our meetings.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. Every time I left the meeting, I do feel emotionally drained, but at the same time, I do not feel worse. Because every meeting we discuss a topic, and then we learn something about the topic which is helpful with our grieving process. And just hear the comments from other parents, especially, you know, Everybody was at a different place, in a different, different stage of their grieving process. It gives us hope for something to look forward to, and I think that grieving parents are very, very important. So, support group is helpful. Are there any things somebody else said or did that you find are not helpful? Maybe some advice you can give to the listeners to say, you know, how should they deal with it?
1: Yeah, sadly, absolutely. I have had those experiences. One of our share groups, we started the group by saying all the stupid things people have said to us. And we might have to do that again in the future because it almost feels good to just let them out. And then like you said, figure out a way to kind of deal with it. How I look at this is that people are so uncomfortable with grief or try to make us feel more understood. And all of this is painful to those grieving. So I had one of my students' mother compared my loss to her uncle. That hurt. That's painful. Um, Cliches, they don't help us. I I wish they didn't exist. That would be my one piece of advice (laughs) to anybody listening. (laughs) Yes. And then I found it painful to sit with friends or family throughout an entire dinner where someone didn't ask about our daughter. That hurt. So I can't pinpoint... Pinpoint, excuse me, specific instances now, five years later. But what I do wish is I wish our culture would become more comfortable with the grieving process by understanding that it's a fluid, evolving process. And little by little, we will get through it. But just letting us be in the moment and what i've learned from families i've worked with at denver share is that we almost have to teach society how to grieve so in those moments when someone says something painful you have the courage to look at that person and say that's not helpful or you have the courage to look at that person and say that hurts me when you don't talk about my son that hurts me when you don't talk about my daughter that's challenging But I feel like from the families we've worked with and met that that gives them such strength feeling that they're teaching others how to accept grief and how to accept the loss of a baby.
0: That is such a great advice. I'm with you. There are people still said things to me that I found it was hurtful and not helpful, but I always make excuse. Their heart is in the right place. So that's not blaming them. And I don't want, I don't really want to blaming people. Like I said, since Lucas is passing, I'm become more aware more sensitive about other people's feelings, and I also recognize that we all only have a limited time on this earth, so it's better to be nice to each other. The more important tool is, don't just keep this emotion inside us either, that's not helpful, and it's not helpful to the person who, maybe the heart is in the right place, but said the wrong thing, so it's better to let them know kindly but still firmly, something they said or did is not helpful or hurtful. This way, we all can grieving you know, better because I do feel people who are willing to say something or do something for us, their heart still in the right place. They maybe just do not know what the right thing to do. So for the last question, since we're coming up to the time, do you have any advice for families and friends who maybe want to help but they don't know how? Are there some resources they can search for and knowing how the best way to help us in addition to we just tell them directly?
1: I think what people can do and learn from situations like this, the best thing they can do is be there for that person, show up, and listen to them. I said this earlier. but. The greatest thing a brief parent wants to hear is their child's name. So say their name. Ask them about them. Even if you feel uncomfortable, ask them how they are. Ask them about their pregnancy. Any mother and father is going to want to talk about their child. Ours just sadly have died. That doesn't mean that we're not still their parent and that we don't want to talk about them. So I always feel like that's my biggest advice to families is to show up and to talk about that baby. Yes, I couldn't
0: agree with you more. I told my husband, anybody wants to talk about Lucas, he or she is immediately my friend, my dearest friend. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Right? This is something I emphasized in previous talk with other parents, angel parents as well, that people who are not in our community fail to realize that we want to talk about our children you are not gonna reminding us our children's not here anymore we know that but we want to honor their short but still meaningful life so we want to talk about our children and you're not gonna make us feel any worse by avoiding talking about our children so for people who are listening especially if you are family friends acquaintances of any grieving parents if there's only one message you can take away from this podcast please remember this we want to talk about our children say their names. Just show up, spend time with us and say our children's name. If there's only one thing I can do, that's the thing will make us feel better and will give us hope. So, Abby, thank you so much today for uh, giving us such good advice and thank you for all you do with the Denver Share. We couldn't do this without you. Thank you, Abby. You're welcome. You're welcome. You are listening to Silent Angels, a podcast that is dedicated to parents who lost their children and the children we love. Silent Angels podcast is produced by Helen Rowley and Susan Joe, edited by Susan Joe. Music for this show are provided by audioblogs.com. Our website address is oursilentangels.org. If you are a grieving parent or you know a grieving parent who wants to be interviewed or if you just want to send us your comments or questions, please email us. Our email address is oursightedangels at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.